on. Uh, Catherine Thomason, thank you so much for joining us. And I'm sure we will be working together on, on this legislative session. Wonderful. Thanks a lot, Michael. And that's our show. We have some really useful links and resources for all the stuff we've talked about in the show description of this episode of our podcast and at our website, coastrange.org. Speaking of which, our entire archive is available, you guessed it, wherever you get your podcasts or at coastrange.org. You can email me anytime, michael at coastrange.org. One more time, that's coastrange.org. Thank you so much for listening. We'll be back in a couple weeks. to KBOO Portland 90.7 FM. KBOO is hiring a full-time web coordinator. The web coordinator maintains the front end of KBOO's website, promotes episodes, does copy editing, and helps train staff and volunteers on various website features. For the full job description and instructions for applying, please go to our website at kboo.fm forward slash webhire23. Applications are due at midnight on Thursday, March 9th. KBOO is an equal opportunity and affirmative action employer. Thank you for tuning in to KBOO Community Radio during this special programming campaign. All thrills, no frills, Volume 2. This February and March, you will hear different marathons and series, all brought to you by our talented programmers, including specials like Black History and Future Series. If you'd like to help KBOO reach our $17,000 goal by March 25th, go to kboo.fm slash give or text KBOO to the number 44321. Right now, we thank you and you're welcome. To you, the nine to fiver, just making your way home. To you, the all night driver out in your cab alone. To you, waiting for lunch break as the minutes drag so slow. Take courage, turn the volume up. It's Labor Radio. Good evening and welcome to Labor Radio. Of the working class, by the working class, for the working class. I'm Laura Wadlin here with my co-host, Jamie Partridge. Hey, Jamie. Hey, Laura. 
Our topic this evening is University of Oregon Student Workers Organize. Our guests are Will Garahan, Ella Malloy, and Elizabeth White of the University of Oregon Student Workers Union. All three are on the organizing committee of a union drive among over 3,000 undergraduate student workers in housing, dining, campus events, tutors, daycare workers, and other jobs at the Eugene campus of the University of Oregon. Thanks for joining us, Will, Ella, and Elizabeth. Thank you for having us. Undergraduate student organizing is relatively new, and the U of O effort is the first in Oregon and maybe the biggest in the country. Students at Ohio's Kenyon College staged a strike in May in an effort to get their student union recognized following successful union campaigns at Columbia University, Grinnell College, Dartmouth, and Wesleyan University. Tell us about your wages, hours, and working conditions, and the impact of COVID, inflation, and particularly housing costs. What are the main issues that have caused workers to want to organize? Yeah, so student workers at the University of Oregon are highly underpaid. Um, most of us are paid minimum wage or just slightly above. Um, there's a lot of mistreatment happening in our workplaces, um, discrimination, harassment, um, and just generally not being treated with the respect that we deserve. Um, and then with COVID, like a lot of student workers had to work through COVID, especially our dining workers. Uh, there were still students on campus, so we worked through COVID and um, policies were not enforced. So I know a lot of my coworkers and close friends did end up getting COVID and are still dealing with the long-term health effects of that um, because we had to work through the pandemic. And then, as we all know, inflation is crazy high. Housing costs are shooting up and students and student workers are having to deal with that, but our pay is not reflecting um, that rise in inflation and housing costs. So with our paychecks, many of us can't afford groceries or rent, um, and we're really scraping to get by. What, what are your What are your main demands, and what have other student worker unions been able to win at other campuses? Yeah, so right now our main demands is um, higher wages for all student workers on campus. Currently, we have a one month long pay period because of the way that pay period runs. Um, some student workers are not getting paychecks for up to 47 days after starting, um, which we believe is against labor law. Um, and then we also want a formal grievance system that is outside of the current university grievance system for students to report things like sexual harassment, uh, racial discrimination. Yeah. Um, and as for what uh, other you know student worker unions across the country have been able to achieve, um, just this last Saturday, February 18th, um, Dartmouth uh, found, you know, uh, ratified, a, not ratified, sorry, they uh, came to a tentative agreement with uh, their university that has um, $20 an hour uh, wages for their um, uh, dining workers, as well as a bunch of other incredible uh, proposals in uh, their new contracts that were able to get, uh, you know, their university accepted because they had an incredible uh, 99% of their dining workers voting to strike. So um, we're seeing across the country at Dartmouth um, and then incredible raises of, you know, thousands of dollars that uh, at Columbia RAs were able to to win 
um, as a couple of the different uh, awesome victories that other unions have gotten. RAs are what? Uh, resident advisors. It's like uh, in a dorm, the uh, student worker whose job is to keep the freshmen in check. And, and you're also at, at, um, representing those folks. Yes. Your... UFO has a long-standing militant and radical graduate teaching fellows federation, and a recent wave of organizing among Starbucks workers nationwide has seen seven of eight Eugene Starbucks shops go union. Plus, a young Democratic Socialists of America chapter has recently been quite active on your campus. How have these other organizing efforts influenced your UOSW drive? Yeah, so, um, I mean, we've had a great relationship with GTFF and the other unions on campus, and, and making sure we maintain that strong relationship has been so incredibly important to our drive. I would say, um, you know, the... Uh, the our, our YDSA chapter, which I myself am a member of, um, was a core reason of why we are doing this in the first place. Um, there have been discussions uh, for years about student worker unionization, especially in dining. I think uh, one of our um, you know members and organizers uh, talked about has been around for like five years on campus and working at a dining job, and um, she's said that you know there's been talks around unionization for that time every year. Um, and it hasn't happened yet. And so I think for me, uh, part of what has made our efforts so, in, in, you know, possible right now has been the, uh, the focus of our uh, YDSA chapter on um, supporting and on organizing the union uh, from the bottom up and uh, all the incredible, you know, campus resources we have around organizing. We have an incredible uh, radical organizing and activism resource center on campus which uh, the union has been uh, run out of. And um, I think we are very lucky to have been in a moment um, where our resources and, um, you know, our conditions kind of aligned to start this incredible organizing drive. Um, I think it's inspiring for student workers to see the like the campus Starbucks has also, I believe, unanimously voted to unionize, as well as just generally surrounding campus. Um, there's a pretty strong, um, at least sentiments towards supporting unions in this area. Yeah, no, absolutely. And we're seeing this um, huge drive for unionization, both in Eugene, uh, we have a very strong union presence, and just nationally with other workplaces and other campuses. Um, and because I think that is so dominant, uh, students are hearing about it a lot. We're seeing the wins. We're seeing what it looks like in action. It doesn't feel out of place or unfamiliar that we're doing it here now. Um, and that has definitely helped gain support from our student workers. Why do you think that the uh, YDSA chapter took this up? Um, well, I think that, uh, I mean, our, our YDSA chapter uh, picked it up because we saw the conditions that uh, student workers were facing on campus. And we saw, um, you, know, you know, student workers in dining being paid minimum wage without free shift meals, being paid monthly, people not able to support themselves. Um, and then we also saw wider issues on campus around um, policing and uh, you know, environmental uh, destruction of things like um, our urban farm and 
uh, you know, other issues, which uh, are all kind of uh, interconnected. And um, we thought that, you know, not only would a student worker union be able to advocate for uh, the um, needs of student workers on campus as workers, but also the needs of all students on campus. Um, and, you know, there's a possibility that we're going to be able to, to bargain for not only higher wages, but like lower tuition as students. Um, and I think that uh, is an incredible amount of power that um, students on campus uh, should be able to to wield for their own advocacy and um, the betterment of our community. That's amazing. Uh, so tell us what your campaign has looked like. How did you get started and why did you decide to go wall to wall? So officially, we have been organizing our membership drive since October of 2022. But before then, um, UO Student Workers as a group was collecting testimony from student workers, their experiences working at U of O. We collected a lot of testimony pointing to that there was harassment going on. There weren't standard policies being implemented across campus. People will not, were not being paid fairly. Um, and generally, there is dissatisfaction with the types of jobs and the compensation and benefits they're getting. Um, since then, other methods were attempted as a group to go through like formal processes with the student government and to try to advocate for workers' rights in other ways, but none of that was successful in the sense to giving people real wage increases or um, truly making people's, making students' working conditions better. So since October, um, we decided to do a wall-to-wall -wall union because we did not just want to represent the interests of 700 students. We wanted to help um, empower more than 3,000 students to advocate for better working conditions and advocate for higher wage increases. Um, since then, our campaign has been... In October, we've held multiple mass member meetings. We have workplace committees that focus on organizing workplaces all across campus, from dining and housing jobs to our Herb Memorial Union, to research assistants and academic workers. We've done petitions, collected more information about students um, daily work and their pay. We've held rallies. We've held many, many trainings, weekly trainings, and we're signing cards every day. Currently, we are signing over a hundred cards a week. Very impressive. What 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 are your trainings consist of? And um, I, I know that the in every any workplace, the boss loves to divide workers against each other, and when they can have multiple unions rather than one, um, they ha are at an advantage. Uh, is that part of why you decided to go wall to wall? Or you said 700 workers, I don't know who you were talking about, but yeah, and, and if you could talk about what the trainings were for. Yeah, to clarify, sorry. Um, we decided to go wall to wall because we believe that all 3,000 undergraduate students 
have a special interest in that they are both students and workers. And so trying to do separate bargaining units um, and dividing workers across campus would make it so that we will be first harder to advocate for everyone as both students and workers, but also would give room for people experiencing different types of um, working conditions for the administration to create divisions among those groups of workers. As for trainings, uh, we have a lot, a lot of new of people, of students that are new to organizing. So some people that have never thought about how what it means to organize their workplace and what it entails, or like how to have a conversation with your coworker about the importance of signing their union card. So in order to make sure that our campaign is successful, it's like this continuous building and empowering other students to also have these conversations with their coworkers. And so that means continuously training and helping people improve their skills at talking about what it means to build a union, talking about how to um, sign their card, the importance of having a union and just generally all different types of workplace organizing, what that means to students. Yeah, I'd also expand and say, um, like, uh, you know, trainings on how to do, have good one-on-one -on -one conversations with your coworkers and kind of like deep conversations, um, trainings on, uh, you know, how to identify issues in your workplaces that uh, should be organized around, how to build like a campaign around an issue that escalates um, and, and ultimately uh, how to like overcome that, uh, you know, alienation in our workplaces and, uh, you know, form real bonds with our coworkers. Um, we've also held trainings on like ways to identify union busting um, that can look very subtle in the workplace. So explicitly naming that for students so that they can name it and call it out when it does happen. And then also just educating workers on what their rights are under law. Um, we have a lot of protected rights workers that are being disrespected so again just doing formal education on that getting the word out has been super important as well if you've just tuned in this is kboo 90.7 fm you're listening to labor radio and will garahan ella malloy and elizabeth white of the university of oregon student workers union nokebu is an independent member-supported non-commercial volunteer-powered community radio station and this is KBU's winter membership drive it's time for you to make a secure donation online at kboo.fm like your union dues which protects your job like your church tithe which protects your spirit the KBU membership protects your access to information news and public affairs that you can use in your daily life information that you use in conversation with your coworkers, friends, families, neighbors, political comrades. You know, 80,000 people listen to KBU each week, but only 6,000 are active members. KBU is about wonderful programs, but it's also a community of 500 volunteers with less than 10 staff. Are you a member of the working class? Join KBU and become an owner. Join the owning class. Every one of the 5,000 members owns a piece of KBU. 
Once you join, you're a different person. You get to vote for the board, serve on committees, volunteer to gather news, or put on your own show. Join the owning class. Join Kibu. Go to kboo.fm and click on the uh, Donate Now button. Make the world a better place. Think about joining KBU like joining a union. It's a choice. It's an open shop. You can benefit from the information, the tools, the inspiration KBU provides. And you can be a free writer. Or you can join your sisters and brothers in solidarity to build a stronger, more effective voice for social change. It's up to you. Join now. <clears throat> KBU is a community project. It's organized people changing hearts and minds, one listener at a time. That's what social change is about. As Cesar Chavez said, first you talk to one person, then you talk to another person, then you talk to another person. Only one out of 10 of our listeners have joined KBU as members. Nine out of 10 of you have joined with your ears and mind and heart, but just take care of the paperwork. It's time to move from being a passive listener to becoming an active member. KBU sounds different when you're a member. Don't wait for the other guy. That's not your style. Go to kboo.fm. Make a donation now, and thank you so much. You mentioned preparing people for union busting. Tell us, how has the university administration responded to your organizing? So officially, um, they say, the university takes no stance on student worker unionization. Um, as I know personally, that's not true. Uh, as soon as um, back in October and fall in my workplace, uh, the moment we introduced uh, union pins into our workplace and student workers started wearing them on their hats primarily, uh, they made a rule that, you know, we couldn't wear union pins on our hats, which was, you know, they claimed it was a, a rule that had existed. It definitely wasn't. And I know classified full-time employees who had to literally just throw away their hats because they pins glued to them more recently and and more extreme uh in my workplace uh, we've had a you know series of uh organizers being targeted for being organizers or supporters uh very vocal out of supporters of the union uh one of my good friends is one of our you know only uh woman student shift lead uh she's been called into meetings frequently to discuss you know her performance they're saying that she's like, you know, not exhibiting the leadership qualities she wants. They're directly contradicting previous meetings. These kinds of meetings, you know, they haven't asked either of the other uh, SSL student shift leaders who are men um, and are not known for being union organizers. Uh, one of our close friends who's a supporter got her hours cut um, on like a fluke, like she was assigned a shift that didn't actually make it uh, onto where online where we see our shifts. So she didn't go. Our managers uh, accepted that it was their fault uh, and still, you know, cut her hours to minimum. Um, and then me, I was fired recently uh, for taking a bowl from the dining hall without paying for it. Uh, Tuesday, a couple weeks ago, I took a bowl on uh, my closing shift. At the end of the night, we throw away all, all of our hot food. So I made myself a bowl because I was hungry and this food was going to get thrown away. Uh, it's very common for students to take food without paying for it. It's very common for managers to take food without paying for it. Um, according to their rules, it is grounds for termination. However, uh, to our knowledge, no one's been terminated for that in the last six months, except for me. So on the Saturday, I, I came into work 
my manager complimented me on how well I was doing my job and then later brought me into my office, told me, you know, there was grounds for termination and uh, fired me. Uh, that same day, we figured out that uh, our coworker was a big supporter, had her hours cut. Um, and in response um, to those two obvious union busting actions, uh, five of my coworkers walked out and several more of us joined them in marching on our boss. And uh, we made our anger and uh, frustration at them known for uh, targeting us as union organizers. And not only did we do that, over the next week, we gathered petition and signatures on a petition to, um, you know, stop the targeted harassment of union organizers, rehire me, and restore our coworkers' hours to full. We got over, uh, what, uh, 170 signatures from, and half of my workplace, the student workers there to sign in a week. And then on that Friday, uh, we had a rally with like over 100 student workers and community members showing up to support. And we marched into my workplace and held up big letters that said rehire will and delivered our petition uh, to our manager. Then we uh, marched uh, like the block and a half to uh, the housing dining office and delivered our petition there to uh, the administration. Um, although we have yet to receive any official communication from the university in response to that uh, petition, um, I know for a fact that uh, our you know administration is scared. Um, they're scared. That's why they. That's why I was fired for being a union organizer because they're afraid of the union. Um, and it's why recently we've actually learned that they're walking back that decision they made last term to not allow us to wear union pins on our hats. In fact. And I see that as the direct consequence of, of our organizing and our demonstration of power on campus. Great. So what has been the role of community and union support in giving workers confidence and pushing back these management tactics? Yeah, um, something I think is really incredible and unique in the nature of our campaign is that it is a wall-to-wall -wall union. We're uniting so many students. Um, towards this common goal. And I have seen it build an incredible sense of community um, between student workers and just like student workers who are students on campus alike. We believe that union is community, right? We're coming together to use our collective shared experiences and our collective power to make direct tangible change. Um, so as the campaign has go been going, um, we definitely saw workers very hesitant um, to stand up for their rights at the beginning, but with all these trainings and mass member meetings and relationships that have been built, um, we've seen a huge increase in students who are accurately reporting the union busting that they are seeing, um, so that we're able to directly respond to that. Workers are really agitated. You know, one person gets agitated, they tell their coworkers about what's going wrong, and then those people tell their friends, and there's this exponential wave effect that we're experiencing really strongly here on campus. Um, and just knowing that there's a union to fall back on. And we saw that with Will's firing. Um, the students that were so brave and walked out of the workplace in response to that, they did that because they knew they had someone to back them up. And our organizing committee rallied so hard and so fast to throw together an incredibly effective plan. Like the rally, the, we had like four days to plan that rally. Over 100 people came, um, which was just incredible. Like we're seeing that we're winning and as will said like um the policy of no buttons on hats was recently walked back because students have been saying no i won't take this off 
I have the legal right to wear this on my hat. Um, and so with that education and community, we're just seeing so much happen and so quickly. It's been really inspiring. That is so inspirational. So how do hope, how do you hope to win a first contract? And um, what do you expect the university will do as you continue to push for that? Well, we hope the university will bargain with us in good faith. As far um, for our contract, we want to be actively making sure that we are using democratic processes so that the interests of student workers all across campus are reflected in that contract. So dining workers experience very different working conditions than people who work in departments, academic departments, or departments that provide resources for other students. Um, while almost all students experience very low wages and all students only get paid once a month, um, dining workers, for example, prioritizing them getting free shift meals, whereas prioritizing scheduling for another group of workers might be really important. So making sure that we're being democratic and reflecting the interests of all student workers across campus and what their needs are in that first contract is um, one of our priorities. So that also means not just reflective of the organizers that we have now and what they're seeing, but continuous engagement with rank and file student workers on campus to make sure that it is impactful for all of the students. Great. So how can our listeners support your efforts and how can they keep informed? Well, if anyone knows any pro bono labor lawyers, please send them our way. We have just filed an unfair labor practice with the University of Oregon and we're awaiting a response from the Employment Relations Board. But we believe that we may need to hire a lawyer um, we do not have enough funds as we are student ran. We do have a GoFundMe, which is called Solidarity and Relief Fund for UO student workers, where we are asking for donations. For updates on our campaign, we post regularly on our Instagram, which is at UO student workers, and our Twitter there. Which is at UO student workers, except without the O in workers. At UO student workers without the O in workers. Is the and Twitter. The, yes. And the Solidarity and Relief Fund, how do people find that? The Solidarity and Relief Fund is on GoFundMe, and it's called Solidarity and Relief Fund for UO student workers. Should we share the link with them, too? All right. Well, that wraps it up for this episode of Labor Radio this Monday and every Monday at 6 p.m. on 90.7 FM KBOO. We've been talking with Will Garahan, Ella Malloy, and Elizabeth White of the University of Oregon Student Workers Union. I'm Jamie Partridge here with my co-host, Laura Wadlin. Stay tuned for Prison Life.
I'm Rose Maddox, and I'd like to tell you that you're listening to KBOO in Portland, Oregon, the station that I listen to when I'm in the area. You're listening to KBOO's All Thrills, No Frills, Volume 2, Special Program.